We are the Wanderers of Western Sydney. Hello, I'm Tim Gilbert, a Western Suburbs boy from Guildford and a proud fan. Welcome to our podcast. This is the place to come to hear all the stories from our wonderful football club. Players, coaches, managers, fans. Our featured Wanderers will come in all shapes and sizes and diverse backgrounds. We are a strong club that is on the move and our people have rich and gripping stories to tell. Welcome. Great to have you along for the ride. Today's Wanderer is Dean Heffernan. Dean, congratulations, re-signing with the club. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been a difficult time for everyone. It's nice to get some bright, happy news. Yeah, look, it's great. And as you said, it's, it's been a very tough time for a lot of people around the world. Um, it's some welcome news, welcome good news. And yeah, really excited to get another opportunity to build on what we've created already. It's been a long career in this game for you and we're gonna, we're gonna pick it apart and put it, you know, put it up the hoist and have a look at it through the course of this podcast. What does it mean to you to re-sign? You've had a year, you did some really good things working with a close friend. It means a lot because we definitely have unfinished business for one. And in anything I do, I always like to finish what we start. And there's a lot of things for this season that, that we can achieve, that we can continue to build. The atmosphere that we created around the group last season was fantastic. And that comes down to the players we were able to bring across to our club, the players that we were able to work with, the personalities of the staff and everyone involved around the W League side. It was such a fresh, happy atmosphere and that, you know, attributed a lot to what we were able to achieve. So really excited to continue that with the staff from last season in Megzi and Kath in particular. Michael Beecham and Kath Canooley. Mm. Yeah, we get to uh, continue on and hopefully do a lot better than what we did last season as well. He's a good friend of yours as well. What's, what's it like to work with a mate? Is there the few blow-ups here and there or how, how does it work? I've got, if I was working, I've got four brothers and I've worked with them all and uh, there's always the odd little blow-up but you, it's over in a minute. How's it go? Yeah, look, it's, well, as you said, Tim, you've got brothers and I've got two brothers and I've got Megzi as well, who I consider a brother. And, you know, we, we have some, some good arguments. We challenge each other to be better. We challenge each other to think into more detail uh, when we're leading into games. There were certain games there where we'll be in the meeting room talking about how we're going to go about tactically and what we needed to do or change. And at times, Kath would just sit back in a chair and just kind of look side to side as if she was at a tennis game. And me and Megzi would go at it until we felt that we had a game plan to go and get three points for the club. And that's what it's all about. When you have staff, you want them to challenge you. You want to challenge them. And we all want to challenge each other to bring our level up to a standard where we can win things. And that's what has to happen. How exciting is it to be a part of the women's game? This, this is one sport, uh, one area of this sport that has grown exponentially. Obviously, there still needs to be some parity in places internationally, but the growth has been extraordinary. The quality, amazing. And that's the main thing, I think, there, right there, Tim, is the quality. And we've seen that. I read a recent report on the differences between the 2019 Women's World Cup to the 2015 and the output from the players in terms of their physical output. Tactically, you can see that the games just evolved so much on the, in the women's space. And that's the main driving force, that these girls continue to want to get better and improve. And they're, they're dragging the game 
right up to the top and giving us something to watch every other week. And, you know, I, I, I know too well from our Wanderers girls and the readings we'll get in on their GPS data. And it's as much as what guys will do in a game, the amount of sprints, high velocity sprints, the amount of Ks in a game. And you can just see from our girls last season that the quality in their football is there as well. It's interesting, I look up at the wall and it says no excuses. If, if that line, if those two words were representative of a style of sport, it's the way the women play their game. Yeah, for sure. There was never any excuses here with our club anyway. And I can only speak for the Wanderers and, and what we created here last season. And that's why I loved working with those girls so much. They were selfless. They worked hard for each other. They walked in here every day to try and improve and get better. And, you know, we know in football that it doesn't matter how hard you work, that you might not always get what you deserve out of football games. But by working as hard as we did, we give ourselves the best opportunity to actually achieve things, and that's what we did last season. It was an ordinary summer too, wasn't it? Like everyone's forgotten about it because of COVID-19, but the place was burning. There was inferno, there was smoke, there was, it was, it was a bludger of a summer. Yeah, it wasn't nice. It wasn't nice at all. For some of these girls in particular that came from overseas to experience an Aussie summer and, and play football here and be able to experience things outside of football, okay? Because we can't expect the girls to only be focused on football 24-7. They can prepare that way, but they also need to have lives and go see what Australia and Sydney has to offer. But as you said, the smoke, the areas that were closed off that people couldn't travel, people losing houses, you know, you never want to see or hear about that. It was tough times for everyone. There was games of football being played when they probably shouldn't have been played as well. But look, like you said on the wall back there, no excuses. The girls never made a single excuse. You know, we backed them in, in what they wanted to do in terms of training in the smoke. If it was a bit too much, we pulled it. Certain games as well, we, we'd had little meetings beforehand to make sure that everyone was comfortable with what we were about to do in those conditions. And like you said, there was never any excuses from those girls. Most sports people don't get in their sport to take awards, but Kristen Hamilton, all the way from North Carolina, and she's come to this club and she was named the best player in the league. Now that's not only a compliment to her, but it's a compliment to you and everything that the women's team did through the course of that tough summer. Definitely not a compliment to, to me or us as a club. It's a compliment to her and one that she deserves. You know, I, I saw the work she put in from the moment she arrived, she was straight in the gym. The day she arrived off the plane, she was in here on the roller, working hard, doing some runs and that just set the tone for the season for Kristen and also set the tone for, for what I was expecting as well, to have someone that had so much success in the States to get a recent call up to the US women's national team, which is no easy feat. So straight away we knew the type of person and the type of player we'll get in and every day she pushed everyone. We learnt from her as well. Yeah, she was, she was great to have around the club. And, you know, we talk about culture and, you know, it gets thrown around quite a lot. And I'm a big believer in culture is just the, the people that you have around the club and around the team. And it grows from there. And, you know, she had a big part to do with everything that we created last year as a club. Absolute delight as an individual. I had the opportunity and I'm loving this new role that I've got here with the club to talk to her in long form. And she didn't get it easy. There were no silver spoons. She had to fight 
for every moment. And I think that that was probably an example of why she would come straight here to the gym. Because not everything went her way early on in her career and she had to really get over the top of things to, to be successful. Yeah, and you look at her team, North Carolina Courage, the players that she competes against every day and to try and get a position in that start in 11. And she was able to do that for huge parts of last season before she came to the Wanderers. And that was a big thing. There was a lot of names getting thrown about for us. And I watched a lot of games. And to be honest, Kristen wasn't a name that came up from anyone. And the more games I watched of other players, there was Kristen always just performing, always doing well, always working hard selfless runs, tracking all the way back in the 90th minute of the game, scoring plenty of goals as well. And that's the kind of player I like. They need to be selfless and put the team first. And she definitely did that. And we're lucky to have her. What about her roommate, uh, Lynn Williams? And for those that don't know the game, don't know world sport, we are talking one of the quality sports people of the world, really. If you could, you could match it up to a couple of male names across the, across the board huge name and she was here at the Wanderers. Yeah, look, we'll, again, another player that we're very lucky to have, you know, when we first started scouting Lynn, as I said, and that's when we first noticed Kristen as well. But as we were scouting Lynn and we could see her attributes and uh, the things that she had to offer, you know, um, huge athletic potential and she will only get quicker and fitter as well. Um, again, the way she presses and the way she goes about her business defensively you can see the type of character she is and again selfless and wants to do everything for the team so we're lucky to have Lynn here as well. What about this joint it's amazing and, and and both those girls who are you know in North Carolina at the moment with everything up in the air like it is for most people one of the things they pointed out was the facilities they just couldn't believe it. We were very lucky we're very lucky and this is something that's been in the works for a long time for this club and there's been some players that have come through these doors and some players from you know, eight years ago across the road where we were training and some legends of the game that helped lay a platform for the club and council and supporters and, and everyone involved to be able to provide something like this for the future and for now. And it's been great. Uh, we're very lucky to have these kind of facilities. Bankwest Stadium as well. You know, it, it's all set up for something special for the Wanderers in terms of the W League, the A League. We've got an academy of players coming through, you know, consistently good players coming through that young academy system as well into the first team. So in terms of the club as a standpoint and infrastructure and, and everything around it, it's set up for something special and it's just now time to execute. A lot of the women that came from other clubs were very impressed as well because their facilities aren't like this or weren't like this. And that's the thing. And like I said before, Tim, in, in regards to the work and the professionalism of these girls and, and the amount of sacrifice they made throughout last season to be professional footballers and to perform at their best every day and, and on the weekend for the game, they deserve this. Every female player deserves to have something like this to help them be the best that they can be and, and perform and look, we're, we're very lucky. It was great for these girls to be able to experience that uh, last season and you know, hopefully a lot more to come. How exciting is the World Cup? Like, look, little snippets of good news through the course of this dark time. That was just amazing, and largely for the women's game, but for the whole game uh, in this country. Yeah, like you said, we needed some good news uh, around the game. A World Cup here on our own 
on our own footsteps, on our own door, it's going to be great. And we, we know that the Asian Cup that we had here for the Socceroos and how much of an advantage that was uh, for the Socceroos. We spoke about, I remember Ange speaking about other teams coming here and, and possibly not realising, you know, the, the trip from Perth to Sydney or for a group game or, you know, kind of underestimating the weather and different things like that and how hard the grounds were compared to Europe. So a lot of little advantages that we can take from that. And I'm sure whoever's in charge will, will have one eye on that as well and, and surely give Ange a call because he's won a major trophy on our shores and hopefully that's what we can do for the girls and, and a generation of girls now who have something to strive for and you think about the 10 year old girls who are going to be in the stands watching those games, how many footballers we're going to get out of that and you know, all it takes is that little spark to, to get someone going and, and to love the game and, and with the way the game is now and grassroots level and as an organisation it's getting better every year. So. You know, there's so much good things to come in the women's space for football. You must feel comfortable in your shoes as a mentor, as a coach. You covered a lot of ground over your career. You fought hard in your career, both here in Australia, had time in Germany, Huddersfield Town. It was an extraordinary career and you had some highs, some lows, but all of that body of work must be great now when you have to help, teach, listen to. Yeah, look, it's so many ups and downs in football that's for sure and i think the main thing is you got to try and stay neutral in all of those moments things happen that's a given especially in football you're going to lose some you're going to win some you just got to try and stay in the moment and and focus on on what's next because that's what's going to give you an outcome of what you want to achieve so if you dwell too much on things in the past it's it's just not going to help so that's something i learned as a player for sure so it was an amazing journey as a player one i'm very grateful for the the opportunities along the way probably a bit of a late starter not playing my first game till i was 22 as a professional 22 23 so yeah, there was opportunities along the way I just couldn't say no to purely because of my age. So like going to Germany at 26. Um, what was that like? Yeah, Germany was great. It was cold, but an awesome experience. You know, some, some fantastic players were on a training camp in Austria. And I think we had 14 players from our squad at the 2006 World Cup. So, and slowly they just stream in from straight from the World Cup into our training camp and there was no Australian players there at the time because we obviously went into the round of 16 so Michael Beecham wasn't there, Josh Kennedy wasn't there just yet so yeah it was an interesting time you know I'm still friends with a few of the German players from there and a couple of the Brazilian guys as well so yeah it's, it was a great experience and one that yeah I'll never forget. What was it like playing for Australia when you finally put the Socceroos jersey, national anthem, being a part of the Australian team after fighting hard making your debut late it was an amazing time something that you always want as a player and as a kid growing up i used to draw pictures and coloring in and you know there was always a dream to do that but i you just don't know if it's ever going to become a reality obviously after i, I injured my leg as well i thought that it would be a, a difficult time to try and get back from a broken leg and and into the national team and not even so much that just by playing well at the Mariners again and um, you know I was lucky enough to have good people around me guys like Andrew Clark who was a strength conditioning coach at the Mariners at the time Laurie McKinna who would just help you in a way uh, like you were talking about before in a mentor and and help get the best out of you and focus on what was next and you know getting that opportunity to play for Socceroos was yeah 
fantastic one that I'll never forget, that's for sure. Tough times never last, tough people do that broken leg, 2007, that season was gone. It was an extraordinary moment, wasn't it? Because in an extraordinarily badly timed moment because you were supposed to be best man at your brother's wedding on the same day. It was a dodgy tackle. But how do you reflect on that? Because you just, you just talked to what happened next, but your best football came next over those next few years. Yeah, look, I think never a good time to, to break your leg. I, I remember every moment in that game as well because luckily I was able to be at the church and I was able to be at the wedding for my brother and stand next to him at the altar when he married his beautiful wife. So that part is there and I'm very thankful that I could be there for that. Jumped in the car straight after the church, went up to Central Coast playing that game against Sydney. I think we ended up losing 5-4, but we're up 2-0 and we're cruising. And then um, I remember Alex Brosk and Danny Bukovic coming out and I, and I thought to myself, I was, I was thinking at 2-0, 60th minute, yeah, Laurie will take me off, I can go down for the reception, everything will be okay. Danny Bukovic got sent off, we copped two goals just before half time, so it was 2-2, man down, and I kind of felt, yeah, I'm going to have to finish this game off. And, uh, it wasn't until the 90th minute that tackle happened and I, I broke my leg and, you know, these things happen. Everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. It set me on another path and changed my mentality a lot as well in terms of, you know, when you feel as though you've something's just there and you, you might take it for granted a little bit. So coming back early, re-injuring the leg, the same place, breaking it again, definitely taught me a lesson that, you know, I might not be able to play again. And so it really changed my mindset on being a professional, making more sacrifices. I always found that as a professional, it's, it's not so much what you're willing to do, it's the things that you're willing not to do. And from that moment on, I was willing not to go out and have a social life. I was willing to miss Christmas. I was willing to miss New Year's Eve, weddings, the amount of friends, weddings and things like that. But these are the things you have to do if you wanted to get back to that level. As we wrap it up and bring it back to the women's game and your role, that must help. That must help having been there. When you say every moment, every learning experience, every setback we've all had, uh, when you look back, you think, well, that's helping me now because I've seen it. I think the biggest thing that Michael and I always talk about is we just can't forget what it was like to be a player. That's, that's key. And early in my coaching career, I feel like I, I did that a little bit. I forgot what it was like. I forgot that I definitely wasn't at my best every day, you know, so why wasn't I at my best and why wasn't I training hard enough certain days and maybe had a quiet game on the weekend and these are things that I have to think about now as a as a manager when I see that in a player that we can't expect them to always be at their best something might have happened on the way to training something might have happened the night before at home with their family and these are the questions that we need to ask or just be mindful of the fact that you know, no one's ever going to be at their best every single day. And if they are, then that's fantastic. But you've got to be able to expect that there's other things happening in people's lives. And that's what we need to be mindful of. Last question. It's been delightful to have a chat. What about this year? What about next season? What are we, what are we, what are we looking for from the Western Sydney Wanderers women's team having jumped into fourth last year after a fairly bleak old time of it? Look, I think for us, as I said at the start, We've definitely built a foundation now that uh, there's an atmosphere here, that there's an expectation that we want to finish higher than what we did this season. That's for sure. Um, 
I think in terms of our style of play and, and having a year of experience in the job, that we're definitely more than capable of doing that. I think the new players that come in straight away, they'll feel the atmosphere and they'll understand after the first couple of sessions what it means to be a Wanderer and to play for this club and to play for this team because we've got driving force of the core group of players back um, that want to get better every day and, and want to try and improve and um, we've got the facilities to do that. So for the new players coming in, it's they're going to know straight away, they're going to feel it and they're going to be a part of something. Um, we're not so much creating anything new anymore, it's more so heading in the same direction but just trying to get better. It's just an exciting time, you know. Um, really, really keen to see all the players. Um, hopefully we can finalise the squad over the next month, two months and um, yeah, have a start date and get ready to go. Well, congratulations on re-signing. Thanks, Dean. Thanks very much, Tim. For more information on the club, visit wswanderersfc.com.au. We will be back soon with another story from one of our Wanderers of Western Sydney.